Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The the Bulls are off and running. And Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the Stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Organizations Win Championships podcast here on Odyssey 2400 Sports. I'm Dan Bernstein. He is Jason Bernstein. And yes, I am. Our, yes, I know that. You don't have to confirm it. Along with our producer, Rick Camp, we have just come off a very, very strange basketball game. Boy, was that weird. 115-111 the final, and the Bulls beat a really, really bad and hurt Washington Wizards team at home. That was seven-eighths of about as bad a basketball game as I've ever seen. And then about six minutes of just just chaos that was tremendously entertaining. I wish it, would, it all was that much fun. When it was eight to seven in the first quarter, I said, this game sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> I, I and I knew it. I felt it running through my body. Yep. That that game just felt bad. You you look at Washington. They almost missed the rim on their first 10 or 15 three-point attempts. They couldn't get close to the net. Well, it was sad. Had- and the Bulls still almost lost to that team. Missing three, and they were missing three key players, and you almost lost? They were missing Bradley Beal, Rui Hachimura, and DeLon Wright. And granted, the Bulls were missing all five Javante Greens, so that uh, that obviously makes a difference. But you wonder where this would have been had the Wizards actually made free throws. Or threes. Or three. Well, I'm just saying even free throws, even, even what you're expecting to make. Just It was a bad game all the way around. 
The Bulls were bad. The the opponent was bad. The officials were horrendous on both ends of the floor. It was and unwatchable. I, well, we no, but we w- watched it. We watched. We watched it. We watched it. For you're welcome, guys. Hours. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. We we did this for you. <laughs> you're welcome for a good two hours. I, it, it made me not like basketball and it made my eyes hurt and it made my ass hurt. And then everything <laughs> went fine when, when all the jumpers started raining. And so DeMar DeRozan, after he left the court early, I thought he was sick. And then he came back and he couldn't hit a shot. And I thought he had the flu or something. He ends up with 27. Zach Levine, a resurgent night. I believe I got the numbers here, 25. And Vucevic also with 25. So what that means is 77 of their 115 were their best three players. And even against a bum that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's what they need out of their three best players if they're going to try to win something. And obviously, role players are going to have to play a part. They're going to have to do their job. And yeah, Javante's hurt. And that makes me very, very, very upset. But they need to get those three guys going consistently. I think consistency is arguably the most important thing in any sport, and especially with this Bulls team, because over the past couple of seasons, they have been, in Billy Donovan's words, consistently inconsistent. And I don't like that. I don't think anybody likes that. But if this is a step in the right direction, if this is a start of the new era of the 2022-23 Chicago Bulls, I mean, even though it started on a very crappy game, I'd like it to start somewhere. Yeah, I'd slow your roll on that, looking at this. Because, I mean, I was... It's hard to draw conclusions from six minutes of action that made you feel better after all the other action was just just enough to take the life out of you. And it's rare to look at a recent Bulls box score and see all the starters in plus territory to see the actual starting lineup do that well. And I thought they were going to boat race this team. I did. And maybe I think the Bulls are better than other people think they are. But but coming home, knowing what they have to prove, we, we can look at this game as they, they avoided the loss, right? It, it would have yeah. been a, a right. The loss was a disaster. The loss would have been low point of the season. We're talking in absolute sense of, of fear and loathing. And to avoid that, to not have lost is a is immensely meaningful for this team. So that's great. But in this stretch, why was a loss in the picture? It shouldn't be. No, it 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 just shouldn't be. It's it's not good. It's just not good to have to fight against this team, to have to get excited over a Vooch corner three to go up by one with three minutes left. However long that was, you shouldn't have to get excited over this. They should be up by 17. Now, the reason was 19 turnovers. DeMar DeRozan turned it over. Zach Levine, too. Zach had six. And DeMar turned it over five times and a couple times in really ugly fashion. In when, consecutive possessions, too. That's when Denny Avdia sort of cut him off and he yeah. ended up landing with the basketball. With some of those, to have two travels like that in a, in a season for him, let alone in a game, let alone on back-to-back possessions. And he, he found it when he needed to find it. And the Bulls hit three-point field goals on four straight possessions. This thing all got crazy with about six minutes left. But what I was going to say before about this particular home stretch for them, where, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's there's this game against an outmanned Wizards team that doesn't look like it can win without, without the, the guys that they need, maybe even with them. Then it's the Mavs, who are good, but also inconsistent and, and beatable. 
Then they have the Atlanta Hawks who have their own problems between their star player and their coach. And then two against the Knicks in a row at home, which seems odd, but I have yeah, that right. Don't it's I? not normal. Usually if they have a back-to-back against the same team, it would be uh, different cities each night. Home and home, right? Yeah, that that's, I th- I think that that's weird. What Gafford did to them was terrifying. And you, we, all, we all this talk about rim protection, rim protection, rim protection for them. AK traded him. Yeah, and he signed a contract that is probably he, he, he's probably overpaid for what he does. How much is he making? I, wasn't it like a seventy million dollar deal of some kind? He, he sent some insane amount of money. But the and Drummond's making three million uh, a year. But mm-hmm. you see what what Drummond got done to him? Yeah, he can't move, man. He can't compared, not compared to Gafford. And I also think that Dragic has not been the same since the shoulder injury. It's I don't know what, what what's age and what's injury. Yeah, I think as as a scorer, I think it's he's been a little bit off. However, as a playmaker, three years, forty million for Gafford. That was uh, Rick Camp, our producer, Thanks, putting Rick. in was... our uh, putting it being our research guy as well as well as our producer. So I my dad does that a little bit better than I do. So uh, I kind of did that on the fly. That was not rehearsed. Um, I need to learn from. The pro that is Dan Bernstein, yeah. even regardless of how much I dislike him. But <laughs> it's an interesting turn of phrase in that regard. But thank you. Yeah, no, no worries. The the I, I don't think Daniel Gafford on this team because he's also he's he he's not really a rim protect. He's a rim runner. He, well, he, he packed Io when he got fouled. That was yeah, I was bad. I had one nice little stretch there and he was, he wasn't any good tonight either. I'll tell you though, we were debating this just as we were walking downstairs and setting up, even with DeRozan 27 and Zach 25 and, and Vooch 25, even with all that, there is a and sort of an academic argument to be made that Alex Caruso was the most valuable bull on the floor. Yeah. And that's knowing that he took, did he only take one three and he missed it? It was, back rim yep. he only took one three and he was the most valuable player on the floor yes the big three did play well or at least they scored but when you're when the most valuable player is only shooting one three i don't think that's enough to be a good team or a contending team you can't you can't have your best player put up five points yes he had nine assists and four steals he had five points, and he was still the most important player on the floor. Well, well that's how I look. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't think it damns them that he's that good. But the problem is, when he's not out there, it just shows on on their defense. Then he was credited with four steals, and I think he could have been given more just because of the number of deflections that he had, where he allowed someone else to come away with a steal. The Bulls had eleven steals, and I don't have all the numbers right in front of me, and I'm sure there are advanced metrics that uh, that could show this that that uh, will be available. But if you had a, a a way of determining your deflections that lead to somebody getting steals, I would say he was involved in probably twice as, as many steals as he was actually credited. And that in a game like this, when all those possessions mattered and just staying in it and staying in it and staying in it and avoiding the loss, of course he led the bulls in plus minus in 32 minutes. He was a plus 17. That's very high. And they won by four points. So if he is a plus 17, 
And if they don't have him, they lose lose that game by a significant margin. And he doesn't always fill up the box score, but he, he has an impact on everything that they do. He's more of a point guard than I would assume. He's more of a point guard than Kobe white. He can, regardless of how, how average he is offensively, except for passing. He's not, he's not a good offensive player. He's just not, he's obviously a fantastic defender, but if he's the point guard that they need to be on the floor in order for them to beat this Wizards team. That scares me. Let me ask this question then. Okay. Are we more concerned? Is is our ongoing concern about the Bulls more fortified by the first seven-eighths of this game, or is it mitigated by the final eighth of this game? No, not at all. Okay. I, I don't think so. The only real positive thing that I saw in the first, let's say seven eighths. Cause for some reason you, you, you love saying seven eighths. All right. I guess. Cause it splits the fourth quarter. It splits every quarter into two and you get the one half of the fourth quarter and you do your little math. You've been getting ready for the ACTs. Haven't you? Uh, you're, you're funny. This is going to be, this is going to be on there. Okay. You have your graphing calculator. It's, yeah. It's, okay. You might, you might need it. If I do all these complicated fractions, like quarters and eighths, you know, I'm, making, you know, I'm making it really difficult on you. Yeah, I know you are, but <laughs> this is what it's like to live with this man. Yeah, see, that, that's that's two of those. You only, you only get you only get one more of those. Or, what was or I even talking about again? Caruso. Kind of, we, were, we were talking about Caruso and his value. And we were answering the question of: Are we more alarmed? Oh. Are we more alarmed by the only? Oh yeah, the, the only good thing that I saw come out of the first seven eighths of the game. <laughs> The yeah. only good thing I saw come out of the first seven eighths it was uh, Patrick Williams' first half. Mm. I liked what I saw. He went on that stretch and he had a couple of dunks, although that one set, both were set up by Caruso, but the, the nutmeg pass, was that was pretty sweet. The first one was a, a Euro step into a one-legged dunk. That's not normal. You don't see that. Patrick, but he's really, 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 really physically gifted. He did it with grace, too, because it doesn't look like he's ever trying. He just stepped around Corey Kispert, changed direction, and lifted off of that foot and dunked it. It's definitely been done before, but I can't recall anything. I mean, like Giannis does it. That's something that... He's seven feet tall, and his his arms are crazy long. Patrick Williams has long arms, but not like Giannis. And let's let's stop the uh, Patrick Williams... Giannis Antetokounmpo comparisons real I did, quick. I was not making the comparison. I know, I, I know even, the easy one had been Kawhi Leonard when when they were talking about what he could be because of body type yeah. and the way he grabs rebounds and all that, but I'm not there yet either. The other thing on my note for something to like uh, late in the game, and it was Zach, but it wasn't a shot that he made. And I, I thought for sure he was going to shoot it when Vooch had it in the post. He, he fed Vooch in the post. Zach was on the right wing, fed Vooch. Vooch kicks it out. Defense comes over. Vooch kicks it out to Zach. So I'm thinking, of course he's going to shoot it. He's he's hot as hell. He's having a great quarter. He's feeling it, and he didn't. Yeah, he reposted. And he didn't. The and he, he he and he allowed Vooch to repost. Depending on matchup, the recognition he's he is a more willing feeder of the post to Vooch by far than DeRozan is. DeRozan like doesn't like to feed it to anyone. You see 
Patrick in the corner open all the time. Regardless, I say regardless too much. As long as it's not irregardless, I don't care. Irregardless, regardless, regardless, irregardless. But yes, fine. But let me finish. This is a common theme in all of the episodes. You don't let me finish my sandwiches. I'll turn my mic off. Finishing I don't know. My my brain is fried you, from studying you, you the, the weather. Or you've been, been studying too much. That's what happens. I think it's all of the above. But and Dan Bernstein. All roads all roads yep. lead back to it being my fault. But I don't I don't like seeing Patrick in the corner all the time. But DeMar never passes to him, no matter how open Patrick is. And Last season, it's it was seeming like Demar would take him under his wing and do all this stuff, and I guess he has a little bit. I took it, him out to L.A. Right. I'm I'm more saying on the on the court mentoring him, but he he did a little bit of that with Io as well. I just want to see him give the ball up to these guys every once in a while. Trust trust the people around you. I know you're Demar Derozan. I know you're probably a Hall of Fame player, and I know you're a really good individual scorer. That's a fact. Even though it's all twos, he is a really good scorer. Give the ball up every once in a while, please. I, I want to I want to see other people doing things and doing what they can to help the Bulls. DeMar DeRozan is not the future of the Bulls team. Yeah, but this is a win-now arrangement. He's, he's not there to develop anybody. I, I, I think okay, you're fine. Point, Maybe it's more to establish a culture. Your point's well taken. Yes. I, I think it just it means they, they're in need of a real point guard. They're in need of, of, of quarterback. They're in need of someone on the floor to do what Caruso's doing on defense for them offensively, which they simply don't have right now. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Speaking of which, it leads me to a pledge that I have to make that I realize, and you can you can agree or disagree, but something I am going to stop doing that I have been doing so far this year that I'm not going to do anymore. I am going to stop picturing what this is all supposed to look like with Lonzo Ball. I'm, is that I'm, like your New Year's resolution of Bulls? Because it's pointless right now. He there's no basketball activities. He's not running. And every time I get, I I get for the year. My guess is yes for the year. I don't know about it, about beyond that. I'm not willing to say anything more than that, but yeah, bulls year resolution is, is a nice, uh, nice idea from Rickman. But my, my, I'm just not going to, because there are so many times in the half court. When I look at who's stationed in the corner, when I watch the on ball defense, that isn't Caruso. And especially when I watch them try to find guys on the break quickly 
and mismatches on the break and, and crank that thing up the floor. I, and part of my head is like, well, God, if they only had Lonzo, he, he's so important to this build of the team, but he's not here. He's not going to be here. And I think I'm doing myself a disservice if, if it's all I do is pine for his return because it's not happening. When you look at the Bulls team, and I think there is one right answer for this. Who is most similar skill set wise to Lonzo Ball? Who's currently on the team? Yeah. Yeah. So if I catalog his skills, it would be full court vision, mm-hmm. reliable volume, efficient volume three point shooting. That one is the one thing that I don't know yet about this guy. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, I like. Are you, are you talking about a defensive awareness and strength on the ball? If 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 this is going to end up being a Dalen Terry conclusion here, I think you, I think it's it would be great if you were right. I really hope I'm right. Give him a shot. I, I was talking about this last episode. Give him a shot. And part of it is I love guy. I love fringe guys. Always have I. I you I have a Javante Green jersey. He's not a fringe guy, but nobody has a Javante Green jersey. It's you, like you love I, the bottom I, third I, of the roster. I like watching the third quarter of Bears preseason games. That's oh, what I'll say. He's not lying. I I like bums. I like I like minor league baseball. <laughs> Although they're not bums. They're I love lower, not lower. Ugh. I like I know what you mean. I I like fringe guys and uh Dalen Terry right now he's been in he, he's been sent down to the G League he actually asked for it by the way he, he did he, yeah he told I don't know if it was Billy or AK whomever it may have been I think he has a, he wants to be good I I sound like a coach right now that is hiding something but he wants to be good he wants to play he wants he wants to play and he's very energetic and when he has gotten into games, he had a few minutes against the Raptors this season. He tr- he he's engaged. He gets the ball. He tries to make things happen. He's long. He's a good defender. He's a good passer. I don't know about the shooting yet, but give him a shot. It, it, they need help, and they need a spark. It seems like what they what they're running right now isn't going to give them anything. They need something new that other teams can't prepare for yes, and the nba though i i think i think if i don't billy, care i think if, well but they, they have try. to care they have to care i think if billy agreed with you you'd see him because they they what what we learned that they were willing to do with io last year with a second round pick with a second rounder when he makes the opening roster and is out there in in, in Boston early defending on the wing. Oh yeah, yeah, that three from the right from, wing I mean, last year. That, so I I be, that tells me there are coaches. To your point, there are coaches just be like I don't like I don't like rookies and I don't like guys at the end of the first round and I'm not gonna this guy's got to you know earn his time and pay his dues. They're not like that. I I really believe if they felt. He could do what you're saying that they that he would get that shot, and maybe on this homestand they'll pick a spot. Maybe there's a matchup, or maybe there's a time, and I think you'll you'll maybe you'll get your chance to do that or, or, or to see that. 
Rick just said more like next year, Lynn Terry. Oh, I God. want this year, Lynn Terry. <laughs> this I'm... season, Lynn Terry. Uh, Does that is... work? No. Lynn Terry. Lynn Terry. I you you. At some point, well, on Friday maybe we'll see him. Uh, Jason and I have got uh, uh, credentials to go cover Windy City against the Fort Wayne Mad Ants out at Now Arena. I don't think he'll be sent down for that. So we'll, I would, we'll, I, would lo- I would love to see that happen. That, that, I, will I mean, see. for for my own personal satisfaction and happiness. But well, and if you, well, I don't just, know. Just remember, you're covering the game. You can talk right, to him in yeah. the locker room. You know, yeah. the, the other reason is you can actually ask questions of him and see you know, whoever's there. So maybe you'll, you and Marco Simonovic can hang out for a while. But this at least – this win, I keep I keep getting well, Marco back. scouting report on the next episode. Yeah. No, well, no, we'll do, it'll, it'll be fun. Garlic we'll Jones. Garlic and Jones. Javon, and Javon Freeman Liberty. Oh, the and, kid. Yeah. The, is, and Ethan Thompson. What college, he was great in the tournament wait, one wait. year. Ethan Thompson. I know that Stephen Thompson's son. He was great in, in the tournament against Loyola. Oregon State? Yes! Let's go! He's done Let's it! Let's go! And this is not... But but wait, can that count as part of the showdown? Hell no! Why? Because he's a current player, and he's technically not even in the league. So I'm just asking for a little mercy here. You're, uh-uh. you're, you're, you're nope. kicking my ass in the competition, so I'm just asking for a little bit of mercy. Then I guess be not. better the competition. I don't know. <laughs> we were thinking that, depending on where the Bulls were this show, is when we are going to actually start taking trade possibilities seriously. And I am not there yet. I'm not there yet because I know that the the Bulls Twitter has been into all of these trade generators and trade calculators, and they're all garbage. Well, some of them at least could tell you if 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 a deal can be consummated, but with the Knicks, they're still the Knicks. There, there's rumors that that is Leon Rose wants to move guys there, and I don't know who whether it's going to be Cam Reddish or Emmanuel Quickly or Randall or who's what names are there. The Lakers are actually playing really well right now. So Anthony the- Davis. Oh my God. When the, when those rumors were swirling with the bulls saying Zach Levine and a bunch of picks and Pete, I remember seeing bulls Instagram saying, no, I wouldn't trade Zach Levine for Anthony Davis. What? Yeah. It, it's so those- dumb. Bulls fans love Zach Levine. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I seriously don't. He is not the Bulls fans I talk to. I I will say this: Bulls fans are value Bulls. I agree with that. Maybe you talk to too many old people, but <laughs> young general young are on the air. <laughs> all of the above, part two. But um, I look at I look at younger Bulls fans. I talk to my, my friends aren't older Bulls fans. That'd kind of be an issue. But my friends. <laughs> We have to report that. <laughs> oh, it's like Chris and Herbert from Family Guy. <laughs> you're so your friends like Zach Levine still. Most people I talk love to him are love very him. unhappy with him. But but they, they remind yeah, you that because you work at a prof, you work with and former NBA players and all that stuff. You know, you talk to more educated people. My closest, friend, my closest friend. Yes, he is very nice and very funny, but he has some of the worst takes I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, you are so, uh, you are subjected to some seriously bad sports takes. That's like that's like having like Bob from Bridgeport in the back of your car all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do call my friends dumb. Um, thanks, Rick. 
All the time, actually. That's going to come back to bite you because some of your friends listen to this. Oh, I don't care. I know you. I don't, know. I don't think this specific one. Am I allowed to say his name or no? No, I probably. No. It's always. I don't think this. To. I don't think this this specific one is going to listen to it. Maybe I'll tell him to, and he'll probably just shame me for it. But and tell me I sound like an idiot. Um, I thought it was my yeah. job. It, Bottom line is, I'm not. I'm not actually examining trade possibilities yet. I want to be aware of it. I want to keep an eye on what's going on. But it still seems to me like. They're writing this out that this 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 roster build, depending on what happens in this stretch here, is the way they've designed this team. And there's no there's no easy fix. This isn't NBA 2K. They can't just start making moves and finding guys and making things different because they're real contracts and real people. And they've committed a whole lot of resources to what this was all supposed to be. And now I'm walking myself into doing it again. You are doing it again. No, but yeah, as soon as you. As as soon as you start to say I'm not gonna do this, you talk you talk so much. You're instead of Lonzo Ball being a volume shooter, Dan Bernstein is a volume talker. Yeah, he, but you talk your way into you, you say, Oh, I'm not gonna do this. And then you talk and talk and talk and you start doing it without realizing, and then mm-hmm. you take a step back and say, What the hell am I talking about? Oh, the thing I said I wouldn't do. Yes, because I was pining. You I, are I, was, I, I was sort of painting the, the frame around pining for Lonzo Ball because it's exactly what this roster build needs. And maybe, maybe they're uh, they're if they're if they're waiting on him to come back. Uh, good luck. <sighs> This game just took the life out of me. I'm sorry. This game did strange things to me. I think it rearranged my DNA. I don't know what it did, but it was, uh, that was an experience. Should we do the showdown? Do you think it's time? Sure. And uh, I think you guys can tell that uh, my brain is fried too from this game. And also waking up very early in the morning. I'm going to go first. Okay. As you know, the Organizations Win Championships College Showdown is as follows. Jason's a perfect six for six already on the season. I think I was one for three the first round, two for three the second round. Somebody's keeping track, I think. And what we Jason believes he knows where every single current NBA player went to college. Uh, I, I, I don't obviously, but I like to think I have a pretty good grasp historically of where some people that I grew up watching may have gone to school. So he prepares a list of vintage players. I start with current players. So today, are you ready for your your roster? I hope so. All right, good. We will start with Philadelphia guard Shake Milton. SMU, Southern Methodist University. And I just realized his initials are S and M. So that was a an e, too easy a mnemonic. That's I'm not sure. why that's not why I remember it. I just remember it because I'm Jason Bernstein and I'm weird. Okay. Next up on the OWC College Showdown. Milwaukee guard Javon Carter. West Virginia. Yes. That would be correct. Now. God, he looks old. How old is he? Isn't he like 32? Is, is no, he's like 25. Seriously? Yes. He looks like that from college. Who was the super old-looking point guard who was on the Timberwolves? On the you know, Timberwolves? I thought you were going to say on Michigan State. No, or no, no, no. Cleveland State. 
or something because there's some dude like named like michi terry on who used to be on cleveland state he's totally embraced it his tiktok is hilarious his nickname is literally baldhead and his his username is like baldhead terry it's the funniest thing of all time it, it's actually he, he embraces oh jordan mclaughlin yes thanks, that's Rick. a good name jordan mclaughlin that's the guy i'm thinking of and carter's only 27 wow okay all right one more this one i think i might have you on all right i think i got you Okay. Ready? Yeah. Houston guard Garrison Matthews. Oh, you got me for sure. Um, that's a really good one. I said that dude Goodwin tonight looked like he went to UCF, but yeah, he, why do you why do you look, just say he looks like he, he went just to did. UCF? So he no. went to St. Louis. I'm gonna Garrison, Garrison Matthews, Matthews is white, very white. Has JJ Reddick style tattoos kind of looks like he gives me Josh Hader vibes and like Nick Bosa vibes, if you know what I mean. Those aren't good vibes. No. Um. Let's go with. It's gonna be something state. It's gonna be. Ugh. Um. It's gonna be in the South. Mississippi State. I don't know. He went to Lipscomb. Okay, yeah. Uh, in Nashville. It used to be okay. called David Lipscomb. It's now Thanks, Lipscomb man. College okay. or whatever it is. Garrison right, Matthews. Yeah. Finally. Okay, Finally. That, that's. I, I won't forget it. Oh, I know you won't. Still got two of three. All right. So... Oh, by the way, Jordan McLaughlin's 26. <laughs> he he and Javon Carter should have a podcast. Just the that's two of that... them. Like, like, well, what, what, would, what would what would what would be the name of the podcast? I don't want to go Young down that road. We're, we're, we're going to end up saying something we regret. So yes. fire away. First up is former Utah Jazz guard Daryl Griffith, Louisville. Yeah, that's Dr. Duncanstein. Yeah. Is Stein? Frankenstein? Frankenstein? I believe it. Her I last think... name literally is Bernstein. So, I mean, yeah, I think I know, of all I... people, we'd be the most qualified. I think to know. it was the Dun... Greg Oden podcast. Oh, Dr. No. Duncanstein, yes. Then where did Greg Oden go to college? This is in part Ohio of it. State. Okay, okay, okay. Come on. Come right. on. Does that Next. Count? Next. Does that count? Hell no. Part two. Change the rules on me. All right. Next up, former Lakers guard Byron Scott. Byron Scott. Ooh. Arizona State? Yep. Oh, boy. I'm still up no matter what in the total. I'm allowed. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Last but not least, former Blazers big man Clifford Robinson. Connecticut. Yeah. Uncle Cliffy. Okay. Those are good names, though. All right. Yeah. Okay. See? Okay. Wow. Perfect. I'm impressed. Perfect. I'm today. Lip scum. You are you you, you are scum without nope, the I lip. got it. I got it. I got it. I won. That's it. That's all. Maybe Didn't the only win. one I win. But that is going to do it for episode three. Garrison of the organization. I don't. I don't. I don't like Garrison Matthews anymore. The organization's win championships podcast. That has been episode three. Thanks to Rick Camp. And make sure that you like, subscribe, rate subscribe, review everything you have to do wherever you get it, however you get it and the next time for our next episode we are going to have our official report on the what we see the we Marco Simonovich scouting report that is the, the new yep. that is the next episode
Well, that's going to be maybe part of the next. Episode. No, it'll it'll be it'll be thirty five minutes of talking about <laughs> how good Marco Simonovic looks compared to G League players. Now you'll get him to tune in. That that's exactly. that, that's a killer tease there. Thanks. Yep. Get you next time.